the Power Pack Morning Zoo. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest radio show ever. Good morning and welcome. Dan Mickley. He's a very successful writer. Vince Murata. Let's cut the crap, Mr. Murata. Sarah Cazell. She's got a job working with a bunch of wackos. And Jerry Carlin. Why do you know from funny young... Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mickley and Murata Mornings. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley sports fans. Day three of Newsmakers in the Valley. Day one in the NBA stretch run to a championship. Not sure what I'm more excited about, to be honest. Both are very exciting, Vinny. Oh, both are definitely exciting. You left out day one of Cactus League, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the Diamondbacks don't play till yeah, tomorrow, true. right? There's only so, one game on the schedule yeah, tonight. Really. There's but... only one baseball team I care about, Vinny. <laughs> you don't care and about the Dodgers? And it's not the Cub. You don't care about the Dodgers and the Padres and Peoria we, tonight? Listen. There's no teams opening in Australia for the Cactus League or anything like that? No, no. Okay. Not yeah. Okay, so so in our visit with the executive director of the uh, Cactus League yesterday, it really brought into kind of sharp focus how crazy this Cactus League might be if the weather is good, right? I yeah. mean, with Shohei on the Dodgers, being on the here's a here's a newsflash for you: being on the Dodgers hits different than being on the Angels. It does. It, it's it does. amazing though, because they're in the same city. Mm-hmm. And then you got the it's Diamondbacks. Like one team is way more important, right? You've got the Diamondbacks here, as you mentioned. You got the Texas Rangers here. I'm not sure there's a Cactus League team in history that I've paid less attention to than the Texas Rangers. They yeah, play the Cincinnati Reds. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe the Reds right. play one in Goodyear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Reds and Guardians play in Goodyear, and that's. Mm-hmm. We talked yesterday about the attendance. Yeah. That's where the attendance lags at the Goodyear <laughs> ballpark, which is, I mean. Well, it's the it, end it, of the earth. It, it's I, a bit it's of a high surprise. It's yeah. a beautiful ballpark. Uh-huh. I, I'll be I like honest. There. I've been to many Dodgers games in Glendale, and they don't do that well previously. I think this previously. will be different. Yeah. Now, but I don't even know if Shohei Otani, I don't know when he's going to start playing games. It's okay, though. He doesn't need to play games because we're going to get full reports on every batting practice swing he takes. He says spring. he wants 50 at-bats yeah. this spring training. I mean, the, the the notes on the crawl, Shohei hits a home run in his first batting practice pitch. Well, he is I, Babe Ruth part duh. Like, great. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I, I'm interested in that, aren't you? I, do you think that's superfluous? Batting practice swings? <laughs> Come on, you're talking to a guy who used to, to chart Michael Jordan's swing. I mean, you just got done training. saying the Diamondbacks were the only baseball team yeah, you cared about. That is true. That is true. That is true. But I am telling you, as as I told her, I, I did go by Sloan Park the other day, and it's it's if you ever wanted to see the absurdity of Chicago within like maybe a half of a mile, it, that's where you go. Oh, yeah. If you wanted to see the absurdity of Cubs fans, that's where you would go. A lot of guys with unironic mustaches. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Cubs hats. Talking about this being Cubs. This is the talk, year. Talking about Ernie Banks, Joe Pepitone, <laughs> yeah. Cubs, Billy Williams, Cubs. Guy got a sausage. <laughs> Dude, no, I'm not kidding you. They come here. I know this because I used to cover this freaking team. They come here. These fans come here. They will. They will not stop talking about the Cubs the whole time they're here. They won't go swimming. They won't hike Camelback Mountain. No. They won't go visit the Grand Canyon. They won't go to Sedona. They won't even go try new salsa. 
They'll go eat sausage. They'll sit at a sports bar and they'll talk about the Cubs. Cubs. Wear their Cubs. Eight, the eight different Cubs jerseys they uh-huh. packed. That's yeah. right. That's what they do. Justin Fields, but Bears. Wait, that's the difference with with Cactus League. Our experience is much different. It's right in our own backyard. It, it and we talk about it being magical. Can you imagine? I, and you did. You lived it. Mm-hmm. Living in a in a city with just horrific winter weather. Mm-hmm. And we get to go watch our baseball team play, and it's sunny. And warm. Yeah, yeah. We're going. Yeah. It, it. Yes. Yes. There. There is definitely that. Yeah. And so. And it's happening. Well, it is. And and kind of you know the the million dollar question, no pun intended, is really what what I asked her yesterday is how do you draw a line between um, not letting these prices get out of control for locals, mm-hmm. which they have, and making every dollar. You can off gullible tourists, <laughs> which is which is also right there, right? Yeah, we need a local Cactus I mean, League ticket rate. That's what we need. I've been saying this for you. People who live here full-time really should get special status. Yes. That really should be a thing. Non-snowbird rate. That should be a thing. Show your uh, your Arizona ID, your driver's right. license, boom. You get a little band. You 60% pres- off. You put the band up against something uh, electronic and boom, 40% yeah. off. Got to show yourself, show a picture of yourself with a timestamp in June or July. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And you qualify. <laughs> yeah. Those Did are you the spend real any time here in the month you. of July? You're I'm in. telling you, that's uh, that that. If I were going to run for political office, that would be my platform. Yeah, it's way stronger than my abolition of Palo Verde trees. <laughs> <laughs> Start the show for right. Splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. Cannonball. Cannonball coming. Cannonball coming. The splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Suns back at it post All Star break tonight in Dallas against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Suns come into tonight with a 33 and 22 record. Mavs just a half game back at 32 and 23. As we enter the final stretch of the regular season, third and final meeting between the two teams this regular season. Dallas took the first on Christmas Day by 14 in Phoenix. Suns won in Dallas by 23 late last month. The infamous Luka, get on the treadmill game. Uh, Bradley Beal currently listed as questionable for tonight's game as he's working back from a hamstring injury, although the tone from Frank Vogel yesterday during Newsmakers Week was way more positive than questionable. Tip-off 5.30. Pre-game coverage starts at 4.30 on Arizona Sports on 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. It's one of 12 games on the schedule for tonight as the league gets back to work following the All-Star festivities in Indianapolis. Some of the other marquee games on the slate this evening. The Knicks visiting Philadelphia. Clippers in Oklahoma City. City in a matchup of two of the top teams in the West and Golden State hosting the Lakers in San Francisco. Lakers won't have LeBron, but those are two teams that are kind of jockeying for position mm. and trying to avoid that play-in. Kind of fitting that they're opening up against each other. Yeah, yeah listen, and uh, there could be some smoke, there could be some heat in that game. It's a yeah. sh- shame LeBron isn't playing, but tonight's lineup of basketball games, first of all, thank you to the Warriors and the Lakers for playing tonight, which made the Suns the early game, yes. first of all. Yes. And second of all, this is kind of real symbolic of how real this is going to get, right? As as Frank Vogel told us yesterday, every game is going to feel like a playoff game. Yeah. Might not be that far off. Games like tonight for the Suns, you either 
build a cushion over a team like Dallas, or you, you lose tonight, you're behind Dallas. Mm-hmm. Again, just like that in the battle. Just bat like that. Uh, make it 11 straight losses for the Coyotes. They fell 6-3 to the Toronto Maple Leafs at Mullet Arena last night. Once again, the Yotes allowed a big first period and couldn't recover. Bobby McCann scored a minute 56 into the game. Austin Matthews on the power play, 3:05 later, by the way. Matthews' 50th goal of the season. William Nylander made it 3-0 Toronto later in the period. Yotes closed the gap on two occasions to one goal, but Toronto added two in the third period to ice it. Matthews among those goal scorers. By the way, Austin Matthews, who grew up in Scottsdale, the fastest to 50 goals in a season in the NHL in 28 years. He's a good player, Vinny. He's really good. He's had a lot of hat tricks this year. Yes, back on the road now for the Yotes. They start a five-game roadie in Winnipeg on Sunday. Sunday, that trip will also take them to Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Washington. Five cities which are beautiful at this time of the year. D-backs continuing workouts at Salt River Fields. They'll open up their Cactus League schedule tomorrow against the Rockies at Talking Stick. Cactus League play actually swings into action tonight with the Padres hosting the Dodgers at Peoria Sports Complex. One other baseball note, former All-Star first baseman Eric Hosmer calling it a career. After 13 seasons in the bigs, Hosmer was the third overall pick of the Royals in 2008. Helped them to the just their second World Series championship in 2015. He was an All-Star the next year. Four gold gloves in his career, which also included stops in San Diego, Boston, and in Chicago with the Cub. The Cub! I still remember um, the, the World Baseball Classic where mm-hmm. Eric Hosmer got the nod played most of the tournament at first base instead of Paul Goldschmidt. That's right. Mm-hmm. Also, that two-year Royals like mini dynasty has got to be one of the weirdest. They were awful before and ever since. Yeah, but they had that bl- they had that run of high draft picks, and they panned out to the point where they were really good. Cardinals have parted ways with VP of Player Personnel Quentin Harris, according to reports. Harris had been a member of Arizona scouting staff for 16 years. He also played four years with the Cardinals from 2002 to 2005. We are also coming down the stretch in college basketball's regular season. Tonight, ASU hosting Washington at Desert Financial Arena in Tempe. That game gets underway at 7. Pre-game coverage starting at 6.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. Good one down in Tucson. Fourth-ranked Arizona hosting 21st-ranked Washington State at McHale Center in a 9 o'clock tip-off. The first matchup between ranked teams in the Pac-12 this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cats have won six wow. straight. Cougars have reeled off seven in a row, and they're just a half game behind Arizona in the Pac-12 standings. And they beat them the first time. A battle for first place in the old Pueblo. GCU has a big game tonight, too. The first place, Lopes visiting second place, Tarleton State in Stephenville, Texas. Or maybe it's Stephenville. I don't know. Lopes looking to improve on their 24-2 and record. Build a little more cushion in the whack standings. That game gets underway at 6. There is your splash for Thursday, February 22nd. It's also day three of Newsmakers Week. We've got a jam-packed schedule once again. Uh, starting at 6.45 with a visit from Phoenix Rising FC manager Danny Stone. But we'll get into today's show. The Suns getting back. Back to work post-All-Star break, and it's time to get to work. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Luke. The Phoenix Suns return to the court tonight to begin their playoff push. So what's going to be the key to getting off to a fast start in a loaded conference? We'll get going at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Every game is going to feel like a playoff game. You know, quite frankly, you know, there, there are. There are a ton of really good teams. 
we saw last year when a team like the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic doesn't even make the play-in tournament. Yeah, just just how um, how close these, these races will become. Uh, there will be a team this year that you know has super high expectations that doesn't make the playoffs, you know, or doesn't make the play in even, you know. And um, you know that's why every game matters. You got to come out of the gate strong and, and win as many games as possible. You know, the competition in the Western Conference is fierce. And uh, but it's something that we welcome, you know. I, I think honestly, I, I think having it uh, having it be that fierce and have these regular season games uh, be so intense are only going to help us uh, help prepare us for the the playoffs and help us have have success during that that run. So, you know, we we embrace it, we welcome it, and uh, feel very confident that we're going to come out on top. Frank Vogel, head coach of the Suns, he joined us yesterday during Newsmakers Week, which continues today, day three. We'll wrap it up tomorrow mm-hmm. with uh, more movers and shakers in the Arizona sports world. But Frank Vogel, they're talking about this uh, last twenty seven games, and he's right on the money. This is this is it's not completely out of the ordinary, but. The pecking order in the Western Conference is going to change on a daily basis. That's how much bunching you have. And mm-hmm. I agree with what Frank Vogel said. You know, a lot of times, John Hollinger wrote about this on The Athletic, too. A lot of times, this is when the NBA went into unwatchable mode because mm-hmm. you had teams kind of coasting to the finish line. You had other teams at the bottom tanking. The play-in, turn- or the play-in uh, spots didn't exist. Uh, those, you know, the changes that the NBA has made has kind of added uh, another layer of intrigue, and the Suns find themselves right in the middle of it. Yeah, tonight. yeah, no, listen, yeah, we, I, I, and I've said this repeatedly that the play-in tournaments a lot of fun as long as you don't have a team involved. The same thing applies <laughs> to the wild card baseball game. Yes. the one game winner take all scenario is irresistible. It's as compelling as you're going to find. The stakes you 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 can't script higher stakes than to take an entire season and say, okay, you get one shot. You get you get one chance to either get in or move on, and it's sort of now become a reality. And and I think what the one thing Frank Vogel said, there's two things that he said that I think I agree with wholeheartedly. There is going to be a very good basketball team that is going to go. How in the heck did we not even make the postseason? That are going to miss the playoffs entirely. Hopefully the Lakers, and then there's going to be a lot. Then there's going to be another team, another couple of teams that you're going to be like they're stuck in a play-in game. Man, thank God that is not us. And that that really I think is is the bar for this basketball team. Clearly, there's some things that have to get that have to happen. You, they've got to stay healthy. They've got to integrate these two new pieces. One mm-hmm. that's already begun. They got to get a playoff rotation, um, and then they got to avoid the play-in. That's really the floor for me. Yeah, the play in the way it works too. If you're if you're in the seven or eight spot, you you basically get two opportunities. You do. If you're nine or ten, you lose. You're done. It, that one game scenario that you mm-hmm. talked about. Right now, as this second half of the season starts, the Suns are thirty three and twenty two. Golden State is twenty seven and twenty six, and they've played less games. Golden State has because um, you know they they had to postpone a couple games, or they did postpone a couple games after their assistant coach passed away. Uh, so right now, thirty three, twenty seven, six, four, there's a five game difference between where the Suns are and where Golden State is. And I think there's a like a an unofficial line under mm-hmm. Golden State. Mm-hmm. Utah's right there. They're twenty six and thirty. The Rockets are 24 and 30. I'm just not a believer in the Rockets just yet. I think they have a bright future. 
and they've been much better this year. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're playing worthy. Utah, you don't know what you're going to get. At different times this year, we've seen Utah be tremendous, mm-hmm. and we've seen them be awful. You know, which Jazz team shows up in, in the second half of the season? They can be kind of the wrench in all of this for, mm-hmm. for one of those teams. So you mentioned it. Frank Vogel talked about it. One great team or one really good basketball team is going to wonder, how did we not make the postseason? I think Utah is the team that can make that happen more than any. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, the last time Utah came through here it was right at the trade deadline. They had lost a, a couple pieces. I was not all that impressed with them. Now, I, granted, they've got some really good players. I'm not sure what I think about them as a threat. I, I, I've, got a, I've got a picture in my mind of the team that I would really like to avoid. Um, and, and I think there's going to be some danger right around six. I, I think if you land at five, that's probably the best. But if you're four or five, that's not, that's not going to be simple either. It's, there's going to be no, I don't think there's going to be any preferred path this year. That's, that's kind of my feeling on this. Yeah. Um, and I think having a couple of unproven teams at the top of the Western Conference kind of, kind of reinforce that. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned earlier in uh, integrating new pieces. That's something yeah. we talked to Frank Vogel about yesterday. Royce O'Neal's played a handful of games. He's already made his presence felt, certainly. Thaddeus Young, it's official. Signed the contract on the roster. Uh, here was Frank Vogel during Newsmakers Week talking about working those two veterans into the mix. Yeah, really excited about uh, both of those guys joining our club. You know, we felt like we have a, a roster that uh, can compete for a championship, but we wanted to make some some improvements around the margins and uh, those two guys definitely feel like uh, are going to help us. Um, you know, Thaddeus definitely with the with the depth at the center position or power forward position. He's, he can play four or five. And Royce has already made an immediate impact on our team, uh, helping us win a couple games going into the into the break at a plus thirty seven plus minus against Detroit the other night, and uh, really shows what he can do on on both sides of the ball. Yeah, we have seen that. Thaddeus Young also joined Burns and Gambo yesterday during the afternoon show and talked about, you know, the playoffs being a real big reason why he wanted to come here. Yeah, for sure. Definitely, um, you know, uh, a big factor, you know, um, you know, being in, you know, the time I've been in the league and, and going with a team that has, a, you know, some veteran experience with a lot of uh, firepower, but a team that I can compliment very well to where, you know, um, I'm, I can go out there and, you know, be able to, you know, um, you know, help, you know, do the job to get get wins as well as, you know, potentially get help get us to the championship. Yeah, and I'm curious to see first time out, you know, when, when if this, you know, the, the Mavericks are a team that doesn't play a traditional five the whole game. Derek mm-hmm. Lively has been really good as a rookie, but they have the ability to go small too. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, in those small minutes, is it Thaddeus Young? If uh, they're playing against a team that goes big, those backup five minutes, do they go to Young or Drew Eubanks? I have a feeling they're going to go to go to Thaddeus Young. So do I. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to lean on him to 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 play uh, a rotational kind of role here. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I don't know what it's going to do for Drew Eubanks' minutes, but I think that what they envision is Thaddeus Young being an imp- in important piece to this team. Yeah, and that all, all starts tonight, five thirty mm-hmm. against the uh, Dallas Mavericks in Big D. Uh, Lucas, healthy. He is on the uh, injury report. Apparently, he broke his nose, but I think he's going to play. He played in the All Star game. Kyrie Irving is is, is uh, healthy, and we'll see about Bradley Beal. So it could be uh, two teams with a full complement of talent tonight. You can hear it here on Arizona Sports on ninety eight seven, starting with pregame coverage at four thirty. You can also subscribe to the Bickley and Murata Show podcast right now on your iPhone or Android. Never miss any of the show. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast, brought to you this week. 
by your Valley Chevy dealers. Coming up next, another subject surrounding the Suns, the subject of Kevin Durant's leadership. It's been talked about a lot, and now KD himself is talking about it. We'll tell you what he said. Straight ahead, Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, yo, look, rest in peace to Barbara Davis. We hit another layer. When she speak to me, it's like she's saying prayers. I feel like Randy Moss when he was on the Raiders. Man, they love the haters. This woman's so fine, I give her cash payments. Baby, I'm just so glued to the basics. I wanted more room, so I copped the crib sitting adjacent. Uh, in this whole world, I'm Freddie Jason. I'm sitting in the place as a Great, but never complacent. Yeah, baby, I'm a stoner. Yeah, I took that long walk up the hill that made me alone. And nah, baby, I don't like being humble. I hang with mongrels. Gotta pay attention. There's a guy sitting amongst you, and you know it. As always, Sharon Bickley and Murata Marings breaking your new hip-hop first. Oh, yeah, that's what we do. That is what we do. When something drops. First hip-hop release. When something drops, we pick it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin Durant, the vocal, the the rap stylings of Kevin Durant on a uh, track called Scared Money. Is it Stally or Stally? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. Not bad flow, though. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah, not I mean, bad. And if, we, if there's one thing we know on this show, it's rap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Experts. Absolutely. Uh, but that uh, happened over the weekend, All-Star Weekend. We also had the release of the KD Boardroom mm-hmm. interview, which was wide-ranging, pretty interesting stuff. But Kevin Durant's one of the most talked-about players in the league right now. Right now, it's like KD, LeBron, and Giannis, but for specific reasons. For mm-hmm. LeBron, it's this farewell tour thing and the fact that he's not playing the first game mm-hmm. tonight against Golden State. For Giannis, it's... What is it with Giannis? It's like damage control central. Like he's on this media tour now talking, not making excuses while making excuses. Sounds Mm -hmm. a lot like his new head coach, Doc Rivers. And for KD, it's the leadership thing. It is the response to what Charles Barkley said on the TNT Altcast at the All-Star Game. We asked Frank Vogel about it yesterday. Uh, You know, he talked about uh, Kevin Durant being a leader by example, certainly, which has been talked about a lot. Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns for Arizona, uh, AZ Central and the Arizona Republic, is in Dallas, got an opportunity to ask KD for his response to the Barkley comments. And these are the first words from Kevin Durant on that subject. Uh, I just feel like a lot of people that's on TV that don't ever come to the gym, don't ever come to games. It's hard for them to speak on what I do when they don't, don't, they're not in here. So it's just part TV, you know, that they needed something to fill the segment up. And also they talk about some negative you know, but you're not in the gym. I don't respect your opinion. You're not in the gym with me. That's just what it is. Yeah. And Charles Barkley gave his opinion on it. Yeah. And that's what it was. Well, okay. And, and again, the, the, you're not in the gym. I don't respect your opinion. I, I, I don't, I hate that line. I really do. I hate, I hate that lane of deflection that, that you have no right to speak on me if you're not watching me 24 seven. It, it uh, again, I, I just, I think that this particular story is, is, it, well, it's bizarre to me because I, I, some people think this is high criticism and other people like me think it's just an observation and, and whatever it's it is what it is Kevin Durant's not Kevin Durant cannot go oh Charles Barkley's right I'm gonna be a leader now yeah. it's it's not like somebody's criticizing you for something you're capable of but not doing 
Leadership, people have leadership genes. Most people will tell you in sports, you either got it, you don't. You can get better at it by communicating with teammates like Kyler Murray did, by trying a little harder to be more yes. social and mm-hmm. integrated with your teammates. But the but the idea of you're going to be the guy on the daily to, to kind of push, be the engine of a team, no, that's, that's either there or it's not. Yeah. So to me, the idea that this is some criticism, I just reject that. I do. But sorry, there, Charles Barkley is not alone in in that opinion. Others around the league, Kendrick Perkins from ESPN. I've never seen a team that has won a championship without having a vocal leader in a locker room. And you need that. And right now, I can't point at the Phoenix Suns and say, who is their vocal leader? And sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone. So if the Phoenix Suns are trying to take that leap and Kevin Durant is the only player on there with the real championship experience because he finished the mission, he's the oldest guy on that team, in my opinion, for us vet-wise, he has to take that leap and get outside of his comfort zone and become more of a vocal leader if he hasn't already. Again, that is uh, you know somebody's opinion, uh, and I tend to agree with you. Leadership is an interesting subject, mm-hmm. um, and it's totally true. There are people that are born leaders. They just have that trait. They have that in them. It's not something that they have to work on. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, people gravitate toward them naturally. But leadership can be learned. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting here saying the Suns can't win a championship unless Kevin Durant changes how he leads. I mean, that just seems really counterintuitive to where he is in his career, where he is experience-wise, age-wise, all of those things. Uh, Kevin Durant leads by being a tremendous basketball player. Um, and you know there was other people on the uh, well. On the- and again, I don't even I, I don't even think you have to say it. I think Kevin Durant is a tremendous basketball player. That's Kevin Durant. Yeah, it, he isn't leading by anything. It, it, the idea the idea of leadership in in the context of what I think we're talking about, and in the context of what I think matters, is the vocal presence, the galvanizing force, the guy that brings everyone together at the free throw line, the guy that whose voice everybody respects, and the guy that can get a team through real tough patches, yeah. chaotic moments, when games get out of control, when thing when all sorts of stuff is swirling. That guy, who's the guy that pulls everybody together on the floor? The Suns don't have. Them. That it's just a fact. But we also so we're dancing around the subject. But we also haven't seen this team as currently constructed mm-hmm. in very high leverage games. That's true. I mean, That's another true. way leadership can reveal it, itself is organically in exactly, the moment. Exactly. And 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 maybe these maybe these last twenty seven games with with definition with with people really knowing who, who is this team who who are the guys that are going to be playing minutes in the postseason. Then maybe maybe that identity is going to create this and maybe it's really not even that necessary maybe the way Devin Booker is and maybe the way Kevin Durant is incredible basketball players who who are more of the quiet type mm-hmm. stay to themselves kind of guys maybe maybe you don't need it but it's just not conventional. Yep. So there, there, there is no right or wrong at this moment. There's only conventional and unconventional. Now, the, the idea that Kendrick Perkins said he's never seen a team win a championship without that kind of guy, I, I'm, I'm going to go back and take a look and see if there are um, examples to the contrary. Was there a lot of vocal leaders on those Spurs teams? 
other than Greg Popovich. Manu was very, very much that way, and 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 I think that, but but it's a, but it's a good analogy because in in Tim Duncan, you had a guy that was more like a Kevin Durant. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard is just a chatterbox. And Kawhi too. is just a yeah, he's a treasure. JJ Redick on first take took the opposite stance. Not everybody leads the same way. Are you, have you been in a locker room with Kevin Durant? I, here's what I know about Kevin Durant. I know that Kevin Durant leads by example. I know the way he approaches his craft. This is a guy that lives, breathes, eats, sleeps basketball. That's a form of leadership. Yeah, Austin Rivers yes. also on ESPN. There are different types of leading. You can be a Draymond who's very vocal, or you could be a Steph who kind of goes by example. To sit here and say that Kevin Durant has never been a leader to a team would just be a slap in the face and a disservice, just considering the type of player he is. You don't do what he does on a basketball court and not have a say on what goes on in the locker room or in huddles or in the final, final moments of a game. Leadership comes, like we said, in many forms, and I have seen this guy night in and night out, year in and year out, perform for his team and lead his team. Yeah, I'm real curious to see how this goes, not just from a leadership standpoint, Point. But because, like I said, these games mean more now. They yeah. just do. And again, so so again, I, I I really honestly believe that this conversation that is taking place over Kevin Durant, it is it's confusing to some people because there's two different conversations. The idea of who is Kevin Durant as a basketball player? Yes, leadership is through your actions. If you are a basketball player that is not afraid of taking huge shots in clutch situations, that is a form of leadership. Mm-hmm. If you're in the gym every day, if you don't take a day off, if you don't take shortcuts and you're one of the main guys, that is a form of leadership. All these things you can attribute to Kevin Durant is this is what leadership looks like when it comes to him. This is what he creates. This is what he gives to players who are not just himself. But there's the the, the Phoenix Suns element, and they're two different things. The leadership a basketball team needs on the floor, in the locker room, before and after games, through practice, through playoff series, that's different. Yeah, I you to- agree with that? Yeah, I totally yeah, agree. They're di- they're just different forms, and people are conflating both, and they're just using it. And again, it's I think it's what Jared said. I think uh, Kevin Durant by going to the Golden State Warriors, he has just created this narrative that is never going to go away. It is and not. maybe if he wins a title here, it'll shut everybody up for a while. But, but only, it just isn't going away. But only if they win it here, and he's the leader. <laughs> and he tells everybody he is. <laughs> but you're right, that Golden State thing, and he acknowledges it too. It's going to follow him forever. Mm-hmm. Coming up next, we kick off day three of Newsmakers Week on this Thursday. We'll go back to the pitch. Phoenix Rising FC manager Danny Stone joins us in studio next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. by Rios Novo or a miss, Phoenix win the title. Derek Dodson. Oh, no! Phoenix wins it! That's the way it sounded in Charleston. Last season as Phoenix Rising FC won their first championship, and we are pleased to be joined in studio by the new manager of Phoenix Rising FC, Danny Stone, who uh, is in the Auction Community Studios with us. Danny, thanks for coming in. Great to meet you. Great to, have, to be here. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on, on the elevation to head coach. I mean, what's uh, what's that whole process been like for you? Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been uh, it's, it's been a, a great step for me. It's been uh, something that something that I've been uh, looking for for a, for a 
while in terms of thinking about my future, but um, you know, I've I've taken that step by step, and it's uh, it's now I think a time where I'm uh, I'm very confident, and very very ready for that uh, that next piece to to my career, yeah. and I've enjoyed it massively so far. Yeah, well, that's great because this is an interesting situation because you're taking over a, a really good team and a good program, which is the good part, but you're also a, taking over a team that's defending champions. So there's a lot of pressure. You've got to sustain a level, right? Yes. How are you going right. to deal with that? How are you going to do that? Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, we look at it as an exciting challenge for us this year. It's, uh, it's the first time in club history that we've uh, we've been in this situation. And as you say, it's uh, it, it gives a, an added element of excitement, an added element of pressure, but also an added element of motivation, I think, for the for the entire club. Uh, certainly for the players and the coaches so far in preseason, we, we're very aware of what this season is going to look like for us. And, and as, as reigning champions, every game we play this year will be a big game for not only us, but for the for the opponent that we face. So it will be a challenge, but it's something that we, we draw extra motivation from, for sure. Yeah, your path to this position, I always find it fascinating because, you know, being an assistant on a successful championship team, and I think every assistant coach in the back of their mind at certain times, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have those ideas. This is what I would do if I was in charge. You're always getting ready for that opportunity when it arises, yet... You are a championship team. How, how much? How much do you expect to fight the urge to, to change things up? Uh, drastically. Yeah, good, good question. I think first thing I would say is that that um, I worked very closely, obviously, with with Juan as a head coach last year, and and between him and myself and the rest of the staff, we all were extremely included and and took a took a big part in in the process that we went through. So many of the ideas and many of the uh, the systems that we used on the field and off the field last year were, were very very collaborative, uh, very inclusive of, of everybody. So you know, I, I had a large part to play in that, and uh, certainly what we saw on the field. Last night, uh, last season, my input was uh, was there, and so for me this year, uh, I don't I don't expect to change a lot of things this season, mm-hmm. but always as a as a head coach, I will I'll look to put uh, you know my flavour on things, and yeah. I'll add yeah. add some emphasis to certain areas, and I'll I'll ask the team to play in a, a certain way that I think represents my vision as a as a coach. But certainly that will be a, a continuation of the process that we went through last year. Now, as a player, what did you appreciate in a coach, and how are you going to try? How is that going to influence where you you are going to be now that you are at, at, at sitting in the big chair, if you will? Yeah, it's. I think I think from a player's point of view. Certainly, from from my experience being a player uh, and working with with a lot of players now over the years, from a, in a coaching capacity, players I think uh, really appreciate authenticity. They appreciate honesty. They appreciate somebody who who they feel is is working hard and working for them. And that's something that I believe in very heavily. A, a player centered approach to to everything that we do as an organisation. And so the the players I I hope will feel that not only myself but the whole staff, in, including the front office staff at the club. Are working in a direction that is only aimed to, to benefit them and to, to give them the most, uh, the, the highest level of success on the field and give them every opportunity to be successful. Mm. Danny Stone, the uh, head coach of Phoenix Rising FC, our guest here during Newsmakers Week 2024. A little bit about your background. Obviously, we can we can hear the, the English accent from Liverpool uh, originally, but you spent time here as, as a teenager. Tell us about your your, your first time in Arizona. Yeah, so I, I have a, an interesting story, I think, in relation to, to Phoenix as a city. My uh, 
my family when I was 15 years old actually moved out to uh, to the US and we uh, and we lived in Tempe um, I went to high school for about a year and a half here in uh, in, in Phoenix at Corona del Sol High School in, wow. in Tempe yeah. 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 <laughs> yes that's right that's life coming full circle it is yeah. it's, it's an interesting story so I, I actually now live ooh, five minutes from, from where I lived 25 wow. years ago um, it's, it's, it's funny how, how life takes you in those circles yeah. but yeah. Um, no that was that was a, a period in my life that I enjoyed tremendously and I still have a lot of close friends that I uh, went to high school with there and that, that still live very close to me here in town here so my background with Phoenix as a city goes back further than my uh, my time here as a, as a professional mm-hmm. um, and I you know I, I feel very fondly about about Phoenix and uh, I've kept very close ties throughout my years away from from Phoenix as well mm-hmm. and you know like I say this is now going into season four now for me here with uh, with Phoenix Rising um, and I've enjoyed that time but, but have spent many, many years and many uh, summers in in Phoenix between uh, living here eventually and, and the time that we first moved out to the to the US right. you know there have been a lot of a lot of teams a lot of sports that have come to Arizona in the past 20 years not all of them have, have, have done well the rising have been different and it and it's finally happening in this country the soccer revolution that people predicted 20 30 years ago you can kind of feel it happen what what do you make of that why do you think the sport why do you think it took a while for this country to embrace soccer the way it finally start is starting to now yeah. and what do you think of it now that it's actually happening I, th- I think it's uh, I think it's a wonderful thing and I've I've been in the US now coaching for for quite a lot of years and so I've I've had the privilege of seeing much of that evolution and working inside it um, and I think from a from a sport point of view I, I'm not surprised at all to see that soccer obviously has, has continued to evolve and grow um, and it's you know I think I think around the world it's it's known as the world's game mm. and uh, and in the US it's it's an extremely popular sport obviously for young players uh, I think it's an incredible sport for for kids to to play from a from a health perspective, from a uh, from learning how to how to be around teammates and and coaches and and uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of benefits to young people taking part in in team sport in general and mm-hmm. soccer is yeah. is an excellent uh, option for them in that. So for me, I've I've worked in youth soccer for many years in the beginning of my coaching career, um, and I think that the game since I've been in the U.S. has not only grown in popularity but has grown in quality of its operation from resources that are available to players to uh, coaching standards and, and how you know the, the things that are available for young people in, in the US to, to take part in youth sport and soccer specifically is an incredible thing to see and uh, I've, I've been so impressed with how that's grown over the years yeah it's, it's fantastic yeah thanks so much Danny for coming in especially this early we appreciate your yeah, time you're very especially welcome. since you're in the midst of uh, preseason and, and good luck on the upcoming season thank Hopefully you so we much talk again yeah, stay in touch we'll get you back in here, Danny. Yes, sounds right, great. Sounds Thanks great. For having me. Uh, the new manager of Phoenix Rising FC, Danny Stone, joining us to kick off Newsmakers Week. Day three, it continues into the seven o'clock hour. We'll be joined by the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, Monty Asenfort, next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.